Welcome to Horns Up and today's show is a perfect follow-up to our Music on Our Mind episode from last week. And that's because if you'd heard that episode, you'd know that I was gushing about the new long-distance calling album. It's called How Do We Want to Live. It released last week. It wasn't on my top five picks, but uh, that's because it just released last week. But it's definitely going to be in contention for my albums of the year. That's how much I like it. Peter, this was your first LDC album, right? Yep. First time I'm hearing of the band to begin with, let alone the uh, their album. Yeah. All right. So it's no secret now that I'm a fan of the band and the music that they make. So naturally, thanks to long distance calling technology, very bad pun there. We managed <laughs> to get in touch and get them to do their first ever interview from someone in Bombay, India. So let's just dive into that conversation. Here's bassist Jan Hoffman from Long Distance Calling. Hi, Jan. Great to have you here on Horns Up. How's it going? Congratulations on the new album. Thank you very much. Uh, it's a pleasure. I'm fine. Um, today it's a rainy day after a lot of very hot days. So and we are totally, yeah, we have a lot to do with the new album. There's a lot of interviews and press and the feedback from the fans is really, really good. So we are happy. I must say, like I personally, I really enjoyed it too. So and that was the entire reason for trying to see if we can talk to you guys, which yes. yeah, has come true. So let's dive straight into the new album. Uh, how do we want to live? I must say that's a great question to ask humanity in these times, coincidental or not. Yes. Uh, what was the thought really behind the album title in the first place? The basic idea was just uh, this artificial intelligence thing. And uh, yeah, there's series like Black Mirror or stuff like that. Or uh, we had a keynote <clears throat> event that we played with our band and there were different speakers and that, uh, some guy from, from WikiLeaks, for instance. And this was really interesting. And so we got caught with this idea and we researched a lot about it. And then we found it very interesting to ask this question, how much of everything that's possible do we want to let in our lives? What is good and, it, uh, and what is not good? And how do we want to live? How do we want to create our own future? That was the question. Mm-hmm. As individuals and as a society and as even as humanity. So that's a big question. All right. So, you know, I've read somewhere that this is a concept album. So. Could you dumb it down for us? What's the concept at play here? Yeah, um, that's what I just said. It's the concept of artificial intelligence and how we live with it. How much of it do we let into our lives? Uh, What can enhance our life? What does our life make better? And what's really not good? Like ethical questions, like autonomic weapons, for example, like, is this good or will there be an algorithm in the future that will be a judge? And if somebody does a crime, would there be an algorithm who says, yes, you're guilty for, and he will um, calculate the penalty or whatever. So we don't have the responsibility as a human being. I think that's very interesting question. So. Yeah, we made a concept out of it and uh, we wanted to ask this question to everyone out there so everybody can ask him or herself this question. 
so you know this album is filled with you know science fiction and pop culture references uh, no offense but who's the science nerd and who's the pop culture nerd in the band uh, also how do you guys collectively come to a decision as to with regards to you know the various samples or dialogues that keep up popping in here and there well we are all all of us are big nerds in every every way you can imagine yes and we we discussed a lot and we researched a lot and then we collected and just uh, talked about it and we tried to find the best possible uh quotes for it because we want to have a narrative for the uh -huh. album we don't have a singer and we wanted to create a story and the album should feel like watching a movie without pictures that was the idea behind it like a soundtrack but without a movie so the soundtrack the movie should be in your own head okay so i'm i'm going to hold you to that thought a little while later but personally right now i'd like to talk about the song ashes uh that agent smith quote from the matrix in it it just adds so much of like because we are living in these weird times he's talking about the virus and how humanity is like the virus it has a lot of unneeded context to it right have you heard any uh, listeners bring that up yeah it was <laughs> it's crazy how well it fits it just when we yeah. when we started writing the record and even when we started recording after writing uh there was no covid-19 there was everything was still normal so we had all this already lined up and then covid-19 came in and yes we just thought it's uh, it's a perfect fit to this timing we were even discussing about postponing the album with a label because a lot oh, of yeah, bands, oh, yeah. because a lot of bands do it right now yeah it was uh, there was a logistic uh, problem like because the whole warehouse for whole europe from sony it was closed in france so they didn't accept any new stock so there was one or two weeks where we weren't sure if it's possible to get it manufactured and brought to the warehouse but then it was possible again and then we said well let's do it it's a perfect fit right now and people are waiting for new music and for art in this difficult times let's do it so and that was very important so yeah uh, the agent smith quote uh, quote is very it fits spookily very well and the song itself i it's it's one of my favorites on the uh, personal favorites on the album because of the atmosphere it's so dark and broken and at the same time at the end there's so much hope and there's new stuff growing out of the ashes and uh, like it's a circle and then you can start again with track 1 and there's new um, curiosity uh, so it's yeah. a, it's an eternal circle yep 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 so sonically i thought that this album you know it really pushed the traditional long distance calling sound uh, up by quite several notches you know i found the album to be heavier i found it to be faster i found it to be riffier it's also tighter it's seemingly more metal as such but at the same time uh, there's an increased use of electronics and samples as well yeah. uh, can you talk about the songwriting for this album what really kind of prompted the shift and what were the initial uh, you know the doodles or the blueprints as such for this album in your in your head before you sat down to uh, yeah. write it it's funny that you say it's heavier because 
you're the first one. Oh, really? Because the last one was really heavy, like the last album, Boundless. It was yeah. really heavy, and this time it's much less of the metal parts, but when they are there, they are really heavy. Yeah. So, uh, that's what you mean. Maybe if if they show up, they are even heavier than before. Exactly, yeah. That, that's yeah. what I meant. Yeah, but it's just a few of them, and it's. I think it's a pretty good equilibrium of of, uh, of uh, atmosphere and quietness and loudness. Uh, yeah, we didn't have a real blueprint. I think it was just the idea. Okay, it's going to be a concept album about artificial intelligence and future and the here and now. So how should this sound? And then it was pretty clear that this should be electronic. There's a lot of electronics because that's yeah. the the best or, or the most easy thing to do uh, when it comes to future. Like everybody thinks about future when it comes to electronic music. It's uh, it's not the past. It's the future. So we try to make a perfect fit of our organic band sound and timeless electronic sounds. Like it doesn't sound like this typical electronic sounds that are used right now because they are not timeless. In 10 years, everybody will say, ah, okay, this sounds totally a 2020. And we didn't want that. We wanted timeless electronic sounds. So there's a lot of this 80, 70, 80, 90s electronic sounds, like Jean-Michel Jarre, for example. Uh, that was important to us, that it's timeless. Seven albums in. What do you think the songwriting and song process for how do we want to live teach you about you know your instrument and your role in the band that's a good question well this time the concept was first like i said so normally we just meet up and we write songs we just jam and write songs and then we're looking for titles or a concept to put it all together but this time the concept was first and then we started writing the music so this time Mm, I think the whole was more important than the individual musicians in the band. So if there's a song where you don't need a regular bass, that's okay, because then we replaced it with an electronic bass or electronic drum beats or whatever. So it's not about the ego, it's about the whole the whole thing in total and what's what's necessary for the song or the part. So nobody said, oh, well, but there's not my instrument in this part. I really want my instrument in this part. This was not important this time. Like, mm -hmm. we just did what was necessary for the song and the concept. What was the ambition or vision for it? And do the review reviews or listener reactions indicate that the album has been received as indicated, as intended, sorry? Absolutely. Like, uh, we have the Spotify artist app where we can see when and where the song is listened to and oh. it's crazy like uh, it's a uh, it's a lot of traffic we have now it's out since friday and we have already more plays than for the live album that's out since november so it's a lot of people talking about it and we also see it on social media there's much more interaction and communication messages reposts whatever so and this was also part of the concept because social media is part of artificial intelligence and mm. you get recommendations and you get connected and you have to feed the algorithm and uh, this was all a big 
a huge idea over it. It's a lot, shitloads of work, really. But uh, I think it's worth it. Like, it's very interesting how people react and the sequencing, when do we drop the first song, when the second, when the third, what's the topic. It all should be a build-up all the time. And, yeah, so people seem to really, really like it. And uh, so I think, yes, it worked. Like, uh, the idea that was intended is now taken by the people and that's really good and we get a lot of messages that people say it really helps them in the time right now i don't know how it is in india right now in germany it's better but it's still kind of a halfway lockdown thing you can't do everything mm. so we still have to wear masks outside and stuff like that and uh, yeah people are already annoyed by the situation because it's so long now all the shows are cancelled, all tours are cancelled. I don't think there will be any for the rest of the year here in Germany. So people really were thirsting for new music and art. And uh, yeah, it really seems to help people to cope with the daily situation. Yeah, and you know, one of the positive things of uh, releasing this kind of music is the fact that we are all at home and we can actually enjoy it as intended. Exactly. And and from there, I want to get on to talking a little bit about uh, the production aspect of this album because I genuinely enjoy the lushness and richness in sound for each long distance album. And this one is, again, it, it's excellent on those fronts. I have to ask, you know, there are numerous tricks that you guys use in each album things like panning the samples here and there to create this immersive surround sound kind of an atmosphere. It's almost like a signature of your sound now. Yeah. So the question really is, the first one, and this may be tough, but I don't know, it could very well be very super easy, which is how do you define the long distance calling sound? And really, what do you tell a producer or an engineer or... Uh, that hey this is what we want to achieve we want the sound to be wide and deep uh, that's very important we want it to have state of the art but not overproduced it should be organic like this time it's the first album we recorded with no drum samples uh, normally in a modern production the drummer plays and of course he plays his um, stuff but the sounds that he recorded they are replaced by drum samples, by, yeah. very, by very expensive American sound libraries. We didn't want that. We wanted our own sound on this album. There's not a single drum sample on this album. And that's why we, we rented a recording studio, which was ridiculously expensive for the drums. It was a huge, huge studio only for drums, where you can move the ceiling and the walls, everything. It's crazy. It costs... Like the guy told us when he built it, it was 3 million euro or something. Wow. Like this um, studio. And the daily rent was also very expensive. But it was worth it because then we didn't need any samples. It's a huge, it's a perfect room to record. So everything on this album is so nerdy. And then our producer is a big nerd. And he loved this 5.1 mixing thing and the panning and left and right and forth and back and yeah. up and beyond. And that's important. We want to sound the music like 3D, if you know what I mean. That's yep, important. Completely. And even on the shows now, on the Seats and Sound shows, we have 
uh, we have speakers in the whole room. So the, the vocal samples, they are coming from behind and left and they fly around your head and in the room, even on the shows. That's very important to us. Like this is really like a 3D sound experience. We want the people to have the feeling they are right in there. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Don't get me wrong on this, but do you think that's also because uh, Long Distance Calling is primarily an instrumental band? And yes, of course. Yes, because uh, we don't have a singer, so we don't have to find different ways to... How should I say? I think every good music needs hook lines. And hook lines doesn't need to be necessarily vocal lines or a singer or something. It can be a drum rhythm or a guitar melody or a certain sound or whatever. And this all sums up to, yes, a lot of special moments, like let's call hook lines special moments. And that's important for our music. And that's, yeah, um, you're right, mainly because we don't have a singer. So it's very important to find other ways to, uh, to gain attention and make people like, wow, what was this and what is this? And make people and curious what's happening on this album. And I think you can find new things every time you're listening to it. There's so many little details on this album. Yep. And this is very important to us, that you can find a lot. But you can also just listen to it and enjoy it. But if you're a nerd, you can find a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, it, it's definitely one that's meant for repeated les uh, listens. And yeah. each time you listen to it, you keep discovering new things. Fabulously said. You know, we've talked quite a bit about the album. So at this point, we'd like to play a song from How, How Do We Want to Live? Which one should we play and why? I guess right now, for the current situation, we should choose immunity because it's still not over. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, the meaning behind the title is not the uh, is not what you think. It's not just the disease. It's yeah. It's uh, not a literal interpretation. Like my interpretation of the title is, uh, we need to be immune against all this fake news shit that people talk on the internet, and that machines are immune to human disease. It's not that uh, it's not the immunity of humans against the virus. It's immunity against lies and fake news and uh, people exploiting all the situation right now. And the basic idea before the pandemic for this title was indeed the immunity of machines. Mm. They are immune against human diseases because they just don't care and they don't have, uh, have organs that can get infected or whatever. It's just a machine. That was the idea behind immunity. So I would go for immunity. And it's also, it's a really good song, I think. <laughs> Definitely it oh. is.
Now, Jan, uh, several friends end up using instrumental music as background music, you know, yes. like they'll put it on while they're working or studying, doing chores, running, etc. So two questions here. Uh, as a musician, first, how do you react to people using your music? And I'll come to the second question after you've answered this. I think it's great. I think everybody should use the music the way he or she wants to. That's totally fine. The moment where we load up the master, we give it out of our hands and people can do with it whatever they want. Of course, we would say something against if Donald Trump uses our music for something <laughs> that would be, but normally, but normally people should do whatever they want. I think it can work in the background, but it also works if you really want to dive into it. But our, I think our music differs from other instrumental music because normally instrumental music, there's a lot of textures and there's no peaks in it. It's, uh, it's very much in the background most of the time. And that's not the case with our songs. That's regular songs with structure and even some poppy moments uh, that you can dive into. So yeah, people should do and use it for whatever they want to. You can dive into it or you can just have it in the background as an atmosphere. I think that's also, that worth, works both ways. Okay, so here's the second question then. Do you use your own music? Sometimes. How? I'm, I'm not the musician who says I don't listen to my own music. Because for me personally, I can only speak for myself. But the reason why I started making music was I want to make my own favorite album or whatever. Because it's not there yet. And of course, I listen to it when it's done. And I'm happy with it. Not all the time. And differently to other music. So I wouldn't put my own music on a playlist for myself. But every now and then I just listen to the album very focused with headphones. And then, yeah, it's just a part of me. So why shouldn't I listen to it? Okay. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> now, you know, for most listeners uh, who've heard most of your discography, right? They'll know that there's always a vocal driven track on most of the albums. Uh -huh. So how do you guys decide on the need for a vocal track? Does the songwriting process change, if at all? Mm, it depends on the album. Sometimes we say, yes, we want a, uh, a vocal track. Then we think about who could it be. Then we ask him or her. And when we know who will do it, we write the song for this person in mind. Okay. But for this album, it was just we were writing, 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 and then we had this song, and we said, well, this could be a really good vocal song because of the structure. It's still a bit weird, and it's long, but it had the most regular song structure, mm. I would say, and the part which became the chorus, it just screamed for a voice. So we said, well, um, let's do a vocal song, and on top of that, it was another way to help the narrative because this song is written from the perspective of the machines so this was also a good tool to have another lyric uh, for the narration of the album and how do you guys so i know you mentioned about the choosing of the vocalist so how do you guys look for or what do you look for in a vocalist i mean do you all have any wish list uh, of vocalists that you have 
It's always a pain in the ass and very difficult because the four of us, we have so different tastes of music. It's always, it's always, always very, very difficult. If one guy likes one singer, the other guy said, oh no, come on. So it's not my taste. So it's also very difficult always to find a singer. But uh, yeah, sometimes we manage to have a common sense and this time it was a recommendation from our producer. He recorded with Eric a couple of months ago. And he said, well, I know uh, a guy who's not living far from here and he's really, really good. And then he showed it. Uh, and then he showed him to us. And astonishingly, uh, we all liked it. So we just asked him and he was on, on board because he liked the music. And that's always the perfect fit. So it's good for both. So what you just said definitely leads me to ask you guys, um, who's on your wish list? My personal wish list? Yep. Of course, Maynard James Keenan. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, for me personally, it's like my two favorite bands are Tool and A Perfect Circle. That's just my amping Floyd. But those three bands, that's my, my holy grail. Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't know. Okay, also, a female singer would be great in the future. Like we didn't do it until now. Maybe a female singer would mm. be cool, like Agnes Obel, for example. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We're open. We're just open and see what's coming. Fantastic. The news of uh, that you guys that, that you specifically are into tools that's going to fly really well with a lot of our listeners and also not so well with a lot of other listeners too. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, for me personal, I would love to have Peter Gabriel on a song, but that's I don't think oh, that's wow. possible. I don't think that's uh, I don't think he would be interested. But you never know. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. never. Know. Okay, so uh, you know I'm a I'm a video guy as such. Uh, I often find myself visually interpreting a lot of long distance callings music. Like in my head, I'll start to think of, you know, how this song can represent something or something of that sort, uh, which leads me to ask you, uh, has the band ever been approached to score movies or any cinematic content? Because this album, it can fit in as such excellent yeah. scoring music as such. That's funny that you ask this question. The answer is no, not yet. But that's if we had a wish list, that would be the next step. Like we, mm. we talked about it. The next step, we would love to do a soundtrack for a series or a movie or a computer game or whatever. That, I, I think we could really do it. And that would be really, really great. So if there's some... Producers out there, <laughs> hello. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, that's the next step we want to do. Like, you cannot plan it, so so maybe the next album is just a regular album, but if there's a possibility which makes sense to us and if we like the project, that's important, um, we would love to do a soundtrack. I think we're a soundtrack band. You know, we touched upon this uh, earlier about how, you know, this entire pandemic has affected, you know, listening styles and things. But personally, how has the lockdown or pandemic really been for you? And has it taught you anything? That's a good question. I think the first two or three weeks were positive for me, even if it sounds 
strange because like it felt like the world is on stop and I was not that stressed anymore. It was really quiet and everything. But then after two or three weeks, it felt weird and spooky and nobody knew how long it will take. There were more restrictions every day. But I think it taught me that patience is a good thing, that uh, talking together, helping each other, take care of each other as a society, that this is important. And I hope that we can take this from the pandemic for the future. That And also working from home is not possible. The world will not go down. I don't know how it is in India, in Germany, before the pandemic it was, no, you have to come to the office, you have to work, otherwise it won't work. Because we Germans, we have the cliche, like, we are like robots, like, like, yeah, like working all the time. And it is the truth. And now mm, I think a lot of bosses see, okay, the world won't go down if people work from home. It's okay. Everybody has family. It's a better life quality. I think we should stick with it. Why drive to the office every day if you can work from home? I don't get it. I work from home since 10 years and it's it's okay. It works. Yeah. yeah. I guess uh, there's a um the in another interview that I did uh some the guest basically told us that it always that it always takes humans uh a very strong obstruction as such to make them realize the error of their ways. Yes. Yeah, so I think that's what's happening here too. Okay. Now, now this one again is another opinion uh, we wanted from you. Is in the last few months we've also seen a rise in you know live streams by bands and mm -hmm. more recently drive-in concerts. So, what's your take on them? It's weird. We did a stream show last Sunday, which was fun. We played the new songs for the first time. I, I was really excited, but it was weird because after the songs, it was just silence. There were no people. It's just really, really strange, but it's also interesting at the same time. If it's done well, it's okay, but it's not the same like playing a real show with chemistry between people and the band. It's just very, very different. But we have to make the best out of it right now. And nobody knows what happens like but if we can play a single show for the rest of the year i guess we will just start writing new music soon because we have a very good feeling right now we have the feeling there's a lot of creativity in the band it's like a a, a restart it feels like a new chapter really it's just we are so creative right now it's crazy like our our girlfriends or whatever they say wow you guys are so fucking crazy the new album is not even out and you're already talking about the next, but that's how we are. Like <laughs> we are very <laughs> creative and we want to go forward. And now we are just, we catched some, we caught some fire and we just want to make new music. And the funny thing is we never know how it will sound. Like a journalist said last week in an interview, you're like a surprise. Yeah. Um, do you know this uh, Kinder X? Like this, yes, uh, yeah, 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 we get them in India too. Yeah, you like it, like you never know what you get, but it's always cool. So it's just, and <laughs> what we want to be like, we don't even want to know ourselves what's going to happen. We always start with a blank sheet of paper and we hate to repeat ourselves. 
It's just we always want to, uh, to do something new that's really important to us. Like, for example, for us, I think it would be the easiest thing in the world to write a regular post-rock album. But that's not what's, what's driving us. There's no kick. We always need the, this kick of we don't know what happens. Will this be good? Can we do this? It's just always we need this kick. Yeah, I think it's the kick that makes long distance calling, long distance calling. Yeah. Because there are so many post-rock and post-metal and exactly. instrumental bands there in the world already. Exactly. And this shouldn't sound strange. Like everybody can do whatever they want and that's totally fine. It's just not for us. It's just we want to be excited and getting a crazy for a while. Like it's always mm -hmm. every album that we do, it's just we get are crazy for a couple of months and you get scared will this work and you have always people who hate it because now we have the heavy metal fans who said well this is much too electronic like either what you do you can't do it right for everyone and that's okay and that's fine and once you respect this and accept it it's fine and then you can do whatever you want and i think what's also special with long distance calling is what i said before that we are so different in the band like uh, character wise and from the musical taste and then i think that's what makes it special because we always have to meet on a platform in the middle and that's what the band sounds like because everybody has a different taste in music like if, okay. we, would, if we would listen to the same stuff all the time like all the four of us i think it just would sound boring yes i see your point i completely agree with you on that fighting and struggling all the time but in a positive way because in the end all of us want to have a good record in the end and that's all that counts but the way to get there is very different it comes from four directions and then we meet in the middle like it's a it's a perfect example of a, a positive compromise like compromises doesn't have to be bad all the time there are good compromises and that's how we learn to make a good compromise which with each other i think fantastic okay so uh, we've taken a lot of your a lot of your time already so a couple of final questions um, i read somewhere that you started a podcast as well yeah. are, are you enjoying that now told, speaking as a fellow podcaster of course i'm addicted to podcasts so that's fine and janos as well our drama and we are also we're talking on the phone four or five times anyway a day. So we just said, why just not record it? So because we're talking all the time about stuff and we know a lot of people from the German music scene and music industry. So we just, and uh, yes, now the new episode I launched yesterday is with Mike from Heaven Shall Burn and they are one of the three biggest metal bands in Germany. And we know yeah. him since, I don't know, 15 years. He's a really smart, nice guy. So we talked about him. Yeah, it's fun. It's a hobby, which is fun. We can talk about it. And uh, yeah, I just totally like podcasts. It's, for me, it's the perfect format. I can listen to it whenever, wherever I want. It's great. It's a perfect way to relax and to learn new stuff. I'm information addicted, I think, and I need input all the mm -hmm. time. So for me, it's the perfect mix of learning new stuff and feeling relaxed at the same time. It's great. 
Okay, so uh, what's it called and where can people find it? Lachend in die Kreissäge, which means uh, running into the saw while laughing. Like, it's, it, it means you know this will be not good for you, but you do it anyways. That's a German <laughs> saying. Like, uh, yes, running into the chainsaw. That's uh, laughing. Yeah, that's what the title means. So we're talking about mistakes and what and how to learn from mistakes. And not everything is always great in the music business. That's just not true. So we're talking about the stuff that that didn't work. I think that's much more interesting also for the people. Jan, here's a final question then at the moment. Uh, it's been more than a decade now for long distance calling. What's really the next thing? Do you guys have a bucket list of sorts? Yeah, like I said, the soundtrack would be on a, on a wish list. That would be the next point. But you can plan it, so I don't know. But I just really have the feeling this is a new chapter and a new step for the band. It sounds so strange, but it feels a bit like a rebirth. So we are now, we managed to swim outside the post-rock bubble. And that feels just great. And maybe we can do whatever we want in the future. I think that's the biggest freedom that a band can get and not only that you are slave to yourself and you always have to make the same record it feels like um, Groundhog Day so because mm. if you don't people will hate it and then they um, leave you as a fan and I don't want that I don't I want to make the music that we want to do and if people like it that's great but in the first place we do it for ourselves I think that's the only way which works to be still happy in the band after so many years. I think that's the, the only way to please yourself and make music that challenges yourself and that you're happy with. And then I think people can hear it. If you just do music which you hate and you only do it for the people, I don't think that works. So Fantastic. we just want to make more good albums and grow as a band and see where it takes us. I have no clue. And that's great. I like it. We don't have a 10-year plan when it comes to music. Of course, the 10-year plan on a wish list is we want to get bigger and to reach more people and to be able to do this for more years. But we don't want to know how this sounds like because this would be very boring. Let's see. The world changes and so do we. So let's see what happens. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, we all need to answer how do we want to live. Exactly. <laughs> and we're getting older. Everyone's getting older. And that's, a, and that's what I wanted to say, which is great about this kind of music. In a metalcore band, I would be really old now. I'm 45. With this kind of music, it just doesn't matter. That's music that you can still do with 60 or whatever. It's just, I don't care about that. And that feels great. Okay. On that note, Jan, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Same Keep doing whatever you guys are doing because you guys are doing some really awesome stuff. Great interview and uh, good questions. Yes, and it just feels great that people seem to understand what we were trying to say with this album. And which is much more important, they feel it. And then that's cool. So I think it's a very emotional album. It's, uh, yeah. It's a lot of melodies and goosebump moments and then it feels weird and it's a weird, a really weird record in a positive way, 
I think. And that's what I told my, my father when he asked, how will the new record sound like? And I said, it will be really weird, but in a positive way. So I think that's uh, <laughs> the perfect description. Weird, but in a good way. Best words to describe the album. What did you make of that, considering this was your first LDC album? No, I mean, for me, uh, honestly, uh, I literally used the album. So uh, after the initial first couple of songs, I had it playing uh, in the background while I was like writing or doing some other kind of stuff. So it was cool that way. And like, I guess maybe if I can spare time, I would love to like just kind of like zone out, listen to it. Because uh, like Jan said, right, it's kind of like a soundtrack to a movie of sorts. So, you know, that would be kind of cool just to kind of zone out, let my imagination run wild, uh, that kind of thing. Yep, yep, certainly. And you know what? I don't know if I will actually do it, but there's already an idea of just interpolating or editing in scenes from The Matrix and other tech movies (laughs) onto these songs. Fan edit music videos. Hey, if someone out there wants to do that, uh, do let Long Distance Calling know. How would you guys describe the album? Holler out at us. You know where you can find us. We're at hornsupport.com or you can reach out on the Twitter machine at hornsupport, at asmoani, at Crusher. Talk to us. We still don't bite. Till the next time, horns up. Horns up, guys. <laughs>